Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome into Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for an hour. Action Jackson is here. He's got takes. He'll share them with you. It's unbelievable. Chuck all of them. 780 is how you can text in Air Comfort Service text line, and you can uh, leave a mic drop using the 101 ESPN app. As we discussed, the Cardinals splitting the doubleheader yesterday with the Chicago Cubs and the Cardinals picking up a half game on the Brewers who lost last night to the Dodgers. So that is the state of things for the Cardinals as they head into yet another game with the Cubs. That is a night game tonight on the north side of Chicago. Miles Michaelis on the mound against a gentleman by the name of Luke Farrell for the Chicago Cubs. Luke Farrell. And you like him. Jackson's about to give us a scouting report, apparently. Well, Will Farrell is a is a Cub fan. Well, I shouldn't say that. He did Jackson's the Harry now Car- arguing with himself. Welcome. He did the Harry Carey impressions and he did. and did take me out to the ball game, I believe, at Wrigley Field. Is this possibly his offspring? Well, it's a common last name, so I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. But I mean if that's if that's where where you are. I'm just gonna operate under the assumption it is that this is Will Farrell's offspring. Right, and that I might root for him. Okay, fair enough. So Jackson is rooting for Luke Farrell and the Chicago Cubs. Your thoughts on Jackson now trading his loyalty to the Cubs? 65780. Uh, let's see. Hey, guys, can you all give former DeSmet Mizzou pitcher Michael Plassmeyer a shout-out for making his big league debut for Philly last night? One and a third clean innings to keep him in the game. That's from the 314. I saw friends of mine retweeting that, and I'm like, there has to be a St. Louis connection. There you go. That's awesome. University of Missouri guy. D-Smet. Fire up D-Smet. D-World. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. Love to see the local guys getting their time. Tim, Jackson's a Dodgers fan. Idiot. That's from the 636. Dodgers might be like my second or third least favorite team in baseball. Hmm. Rank your least favorite teams. Mount Rushmore of your least favorite teams. Go, Mount Rushmore. Cubs, Mets, Dodgers. Anybody else on the Mount Rushmore? Who's Teddy Roosevelt? Uh, the Rockies draw your ire? I don't like the Reds or Brewers, but I'll go Brewers for... Ever since 11, I've really despised them. You didn't like the Niger Morgan? The monster thing, the whole thing, Ryan Braun, it's not good. Not good. Boy, that was wonderful when he was tweeting that the Cardinals will be at home watching him in the playoffs and the Cardinals eliminate them in the playoffs. Throw in the dip at Chris Carpenter. Bold move, Niger Morgan. <laughs> T-plush, Tony Plush is what he went by. Uh, we've got Lil Piddle's arbitrary percentages today. Albert gets to 700 home runs. Uh, last night he did get in at bat in the nightcap. He was thrown at, <laughs> plunked <laughs> by like a sixty-five mile per hour from a six-foot-five-inch guy, dude. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, uh, where's your Albert gets a seven hundred home runs percentage? You know, I feel like 
when he the games he doesn't do it like it goes down but really he's made up so much ground in the last I week know. and a half so i'll stay and i wish i knew like what i've said before so i don't this is where our old takes can get exposed <laughs> i trap myself i'll go 35 percent I am on forty percent. All right. Yeah, but here's the thing. I I, I got to I got to I'm going to do some self examination here. Sure. Psychologically, for the record, I I actually think he's going to do it. So I it, it's weird for me to go below fifty percent. I know. The truth is, I think he's going to do it. Right. That's what I think. So the self examination. So therefore, I'm going to go fifty one percent. Yeah, but. Like, I kind of do the percentages, like, if I had to put money down, like, what's my percentages? If I'm yeah, if I did, I, honestly, if I had to put money down, I would take that he's going to do it. All right. Now, the math doesn't bear itself that way. The math doesn't bear itself that way. Sure. If you use the math for the season, if you use the math for the last month, and the math does. Right. Uh, Goldschmidt gets the triple crown. The math on that would actually be, if you use the season more likely than Albert, as I think I said yesterday... I, th- I, I'm gonna put that at twenty five percent. Yeah, I was gonna go well just because there's. But more. the fact that it's twenty five percent again—that's my own percentage, so it doesn't mean that it's the fact. <laughs> the opinion that I just gave with a second of thought here on the radio, uh, that I have it at twenty five percent means it is pretty significant. But it is interesting. I don't really feel like it's getting that much attention. Am I off on that? Is it getting attention? Uh, I saw an article posted about it last week, but outside of that, and I'm not like watching MLB Network 24-7 to know for sure, but it doesn't seem to be, I mean, the Yankees right now, if you're talking national baseball spotlights on the Yankees and what's going on over there. So, yeah, I'd agree with you. I'm 20%. That's my number. Just because homers are going to be tough. Uh, We see Jordan Walker play a game for the Cardinals in 2022. Jackson, go. 15%. I think that actually is the right answer. I'm going to go 10%. I was in the 10%. Yeah. Well, so I, I want really it to happen. It, I don't really I don't really have to leave myself a lot of room, but I'll go 10%. Uh, and Missouri football starts out 4-0. So that would be wins against Kansas State and Auburn. And also being able to fend off Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian. You can't overlook. They're on scholarship too, Tim. Thank you. Um, 10%. I'll go 20%. Okay. Yeah. I figured one out of ten times, and it's just cause if if maybe if they were playing Auburn in Columbia, it'd be a different story. Down on the plains. Yeah, but that's two road games. One against an SEC powerhouse, who the brand is a powerhouse this year. They might not be, but that's two that's correct. road I games. I agree with that assessment. Yeah, you got two road games, one in conference, one out of conference. It's not it's no small task. But if they are four and zero going into Georgia, uh, watch out. I'm, can I, if, if I may, just ask for a little uh, arbitrary uh, poll here from the from the audience? And yeah, I realize, yeah. you know, maybe two percent of the people listening are actually texting in. So I know most people aren't going to immediately go. Oh, Tim asked me to text in. I'll text in. Your interest in Missouri football, not college football, because this is something that I have observed over my time in in St. Louis television and radio is that. Unlike the Cardinals, unlike the Blues, back before the Rams left, the Rams, the topic of college football and then also the topic of specifically Missouri football, I operate, and it's biased, no question, got to acknowledge your biases, I operate on the premise that oh, it's like the Cardinals, it's like the Blues, it was like the Rams, that they are the local team and everybody cheers for them, but that is just not the case. But my question isn't necessarily whether you cheer for them, although it 
would fall under that umbrella if we were uh, creating some you know form of Venn diagram. Obviously, if you're interested in in cheer for Missouri football, you're interested. But my question is, in general, do you, just I give you a couple of choices, but you can fill out your own answers. Your level of interest in Missouri football, part one, and your level of interest in college football. Because the thing is, and I've said this multiple times, I feel like now Michelle certainly represents ILL. Um, but I just I feel like St. Louis sports media ignores Illinois, which mm-hmm. is just a huge miss. Because it's a huge Big Ten university that's, you know, yeah, it's not as close as Columbia, but who gives a damn? Uh, I just, I feel like it's a miss. I feel like it's an opportunity, actually. Even though I'm not a fan, I still view things through the business lens, and it's a miss. But the reason why I get into the Missouri thing is, yeah, people might be like, yeah, I'm not a Missouri fan. So you talking about Missouri, I don't care because I don't like them because I like Illinois. Or is it just I don't really like college football? I like professional sports mm-hmm. because that's the criticism on the west side of the state is that St. Louis is not a college town, not in the sense that Columbia and Champaign and Bloomington and Fayetteville are college towns, but that the lack of interest in college sports is more typical of northern uh, fan bases that are usually more interested in professional sports, whereas college sports in particular in the SEC, right. and now Texas will be part of the SEC with A&M joining along with Missouri in 12, um, college sports usually is reserved for the southern states. Right. More, and, and it's certainly not absolute. There are obvious exceptions when you go through bigger markets in the in the south. But point being that St. Louis is more northern and it's interesting professional sports and my observation on that has been that if Missouri, St. Louis, U, and Illinois, and St. Louis, you had a football team, were all in the same conference, it would be a different deal. But right. since they're in different conferences and one doesn't have a football team, it's a different deal than what they have in Kansas City when Missouri was part of the Big 8 slash Big 12 with K-State and KU. Yeah. And even kind of Nebraska to an extent. Right. Yeah, I think even just SLU getting a football team would increase it by a, a larger margin just because that would be a, a game. I think it's people... more about the conference thing. Yeah, I hear you on that. I just think that... Not being able to see college football, I guess with Lindenwood now being D1, it changes it up a little bit, but not being able to see college football like within the radius of the metro area kind of hurts that. Um, and yeah, like Kansas City, I mean, Lawrence is so close to them and Columbia, similar to St. Louis in distance. Uh, but, you know, to watch college football, you either got to drive 120 miles west or like three and a half hours north up to Urbana-Champaign. Uh, so, yeah, text that. I'm just curious. I mean, I realize this is a totally inaccurate uh, form of gathering data, and it certainly has some semblance of a bias. But, I mean, you know, if you're listening to 101 ESPN, you're a sports fan and most likely uh, a fan of the Cardinals and most likely a fan of the Blues. But that doesn't mean that you're a Missouri football fan. But I also am curious of what the level of college football fandom is. I don't think there's any doubt, and you are a college basketball fan, that the percentage of people who are college football fans is higher than college basketball. Would you agree with that? Okay. All right. That's good, because you are a college basketball fan, yet you still can. It's like me with golf. Like, I love it, but how often you hear me talk golf on here? Right, right. Because I know that the audience doesn't give a damn. I think At least most people in the audience don't care. March Madness in, like, a microcosm is as popular as, like, the regular season college football. But the CFP is in terms of college sports, is like the crown jewel of college sports. The issue with the CFP is that you have an idea of who's going to be there already. Right, which thing? Like, if you gave me, Tim, you have to, of the final four teams in the college football playoff, which are the teams in the college football playoff, 
and I had to name over under of two and a half, I'd be like, yeah, right now. Who's going to be there in the first week of January? I feel like I could do it yeah. now. Yeah, Georgia. Alabama, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Maybe I'll sub out somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a rotating fourth between Oregon and Notre Dame. Or yeah, Notre Dame makes a cameo. And Oregon's made it there once. Have you watched the Manti Teo thing? No, I still need to. My brother told me it's fantastic. It is. You've seen it? It is. Yeah, I got to check it out. I got because, I mean, that's a story that, you know, you heard about on the surface level, but, like, to get into the details and hear both sides of the story is super important. Yeah, the uh, the person who catfished him is now transitioning to a female mm-hmm. um but i believe manti teo was involved in the production oh I mean, okay. he's interviewed his parents are interviewed i recall doing tma the morning after that happened the morning after deadspin broke that story and we that's all we covered it was like breaking news right. that, that, that transcended sports so right. it wasn't uh, a case of you know notre dame linebacker he was a well-known linebacker heisman finalist but the story transcended sports because it was so bizarre. Right. I think the thing when you look back on it, I, you can't help but feel sympathetic to him. 100%. But the initial thing of, oh, this is a cover-up because he's gay, I look back on that and I go, what in the world was that? But, you know, I mean, that's 10 years ago and now you know what really happened. But that was the big thing. That was the talking point that yeah. he had to, like, deny that yeah. he was gay. I remember you know, that. For the record, he's married to a woman now. Yeah. So did that news come out before the Heisman? Like, no, it came, out, it came out after the Alabama game where they okay. got worked over. Right, right, right. Derrick right. Henry was a freshman running all over the place. It was yeah. a, it was, yeah. I think any time Notre Dame has been in the mix for the national championship over the last decade, this is coming from somebody who's somewhat of a Notre Dame fan, certainly grew up in a Notre Dame household. So I pull for them for my parents more than for my own interests. It's just like, yeah, maybe this is the year. And then they just get stomped on in the semifinal or in that case, the national championship game because it was before the college football right, playoff. Right. Uh, this is a balloon party, 101 ESPN. You can text in 65780. Cardinals certainly discussion. Also, we are only eight days away from the start of the Missouri season. ILL taking on Wyoming is coming up. You got all this stuff. I look forward to it. It's the only sport for me that with the regular season that if I have no fantasy interest, daily fantasy interest, or gambling interest, I will watch a game mm-hmm. at this point that does not involve a local team. Okay. That's where I am. NFL not like that for you? I'm usually, I've, I have 100 daily okay. fantasy rosters, gotcha. so gotcha. I don't really know the world without the Rams or daily fantasy. Got it, got so, it. So, you okay. know, I know we're doing a 101 ESPN league. Yeah. That Brandon Kiley. Yeah. He's the commissioner extraordinaire. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love full season fantasy football. Do you do the drafts in person or do you go remote? I don't leave my basement. So like in college. So I will be remote. But yeah. now I'll feel bad because it sounds like everybody's getting together to do the draft. And I'm like, I got a six-month-old <laughs> and a five-year-old now. I don't know what I'm going to do for this one specifically, but I have done them in person for in high school and college. And there is an element. Of it. It's a little more fun doing it that way because there's always the one guy who like forgot to charge his laptop. <laughs> and he's scrambling. He's trying to like make picks on his phone. He gets auto-picked some scrub. It's great. All right, we are getting a million texts on the topic, so we will uh, read some of those coming up on the other side of our break. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Action Jackson asked some wonderful questions uh, that, for whatever reason, I read. (laughs) But I'll do it. 
you're just busy. Look at your head bopping over there. This is a real, I like this bumper coming back. Wow. I like the trumpets. I looked over there and I was like, look at this guy. He's feeling this beat. I love music. I just wish I could actually play an instrument. I played trumpet at St. Gabriel's in third grade, but the case was too heavy for me to carry up the alley home, and so I resigned. <laughs> I and that's the kind of perseverance in this host. I used to play the saxophone in middle school. And we my, could add a nice little brass section. It would have been really wonderful, but my parents made me practice outside because I was so bad. I'd practice in the backyard. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'm sure they love that in Ladue. Uh, 65780 is how you can text in. Certainly uh, a lot of cardinal discussion, and that's uh, where most of Jackson's questions come from. Uh, and I did jokingly make a reference to old takes exposed, and that's one of the questions. So I do want to get to that because it's going to make me go into the well. And I'm sure some of the people listening will remind me of some of my terrible takes yeah. over the years. One I know immediately comes to mind that I couldn't have been more wrong on. I'm not talking about like predicting who was going to win a game. I'm talking right. about like this isn't going to happen, and then all of a sudden it happens, and you're like, oh god. Um, let's see. Uh, with regards to the question regarding interest in. In Missouri football, and then the second part of the question, college. Because I'm just trying to get a gauge on it. Right. Um, you know, Missouri season ticket sales are down this year at the moment. Not huge, but it's not like they were big before. I saw Dave Maddox's article in the Post-Dispatch last week. I think they were 25,000 last year, and it's around 23,000 as of right now. Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to get a gauge on, you know, an audience that certainly has great interest in sports, but does that carry over to college sports? And I think my belief that there is a an interest in Missouri football specifically is is probably biased because I'm interested in Missouri football, but I don't I don't compartmentalize it like I do with my interest in golf because I'm going, well, it's only 120 miles down the road and you know, right. therefore people are interested. But that's not necessarily the case. And as I observed in the first segment. People went to other schools outside of Missouri and Illinois, so they may be a fan of that school. People might be annoyed by Missouri fans. As a Missouri fan, I know that that can happen, uh, so I understand it. I think college fan bases all have their wing of fan bases right, that, of uh, that drive people up the wall. For sure. But locally, the Missouri fan may be the more outspoken one. And uh, because there's going to be Missouri fans and Illinois fans because they're the only two college football programs in the, relatively speaking, in the area. Uh, Tim, you and your Catholic St. Louis elite upbringing. We didn't have no trumpets in public school. Balloon party should be a show for the people. Thank you. That's from the 314. I went to public school. We had trumpets. <laughs> it wasn't like we had to take a grant out to get a couple woodwinds and brass instruments <laughs> m-i-z i want more mizzou football talk i want in-state recruits to hear their names being valued in this market nil is shaking up the world order so local name recognition now means more than ever that is from the 314 uh tim i'm just not interested in college sports see that's what i was wondering about that's what I, that's what that was one of my theories i'm just not interested in college sports i think most people who are have some allegiance to a college they or a family member want to for me college sports are too similar to high school i played several sports in high school but i have zero interest in following high school sports the guys who still live and die by their old high school teams are just weird to me same with college that's from the 314 now if i were to read that text and I were doing this in Arkansas, Louisiana, right. Mississippi, Birmingham, most of Georgia. Certainly there's portions, but I would imagine Athens is close to Atlanta. It's just a huge city. 
and obviously uh, the northern parts of Florida, but a lot of people from South Florida go up to Gainesville for school, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah. They'd, I'd get chased off the air. Yeah, West Virginia, uh, Virginia, all those. But places. my point being, like, SEC, it, it is everything there, and it is year-round. And although I was only in Little Rock doing TV for eight months, that was so eye-opening to me because uh-huh. I had never experienced it. And keep in mind, Missouri in 97 and 98 was a legitimately good team. The teams, and I, I know their win total might not be up there with some of the recent teams that were good, but those teams were really good. And they played some damn good opposition and either beat them or played them tight. Um, but I had no idea until I went up to Fayetteville for an Arkansas-Auburn game, covering it for the station in Little Rock, what that was like. That was an, And I went to SEC Media Days. I'm just like, going to Media Days? But that's like a holiday. What in the world? I'm like, I'll go. You know, all right. Uh, but what is this? You know, I was excited because Lou Holtz was the coach of South Carolina and my parents, as I said in the first segment, big Notre Dame fans. And so I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. But why are we going to brunch? And it's like, it's, it's a rite of passage in the SEC. Right. But what this texture just said, I think, I actually kind of think more people in St. Louis feel that way. And then... For Missouri fans, it drives them up the wall because they feel like the big miss in the state and why Missouri has never reached this sleeping giant potential that gets labeled around the country is because the biggest city in the state isn't as into Missouri as the rest of the state is. And so that's why there is oftentimes some hate directed towards St. Louis for its lack of support for Missouri sports. But you can't make people care. People are going to care about what they care about. Right. right. But I, 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 that, that's, that, that, that's why I'm having this discussion on the show is to kind of try to get into the psychology of the whole thing. Uh, college football here, but couldn't give a damn about Missouri football in the SEC. K-State alumnus in the Big 12 is where it's at. Okay. I mean, that's... You know, that's a that's a credibility to destroying sense. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, you went to K-State, God bless. But if you're going to tell me the Big 12 is where it's at, I get so tired of hearing about overrated Missouri and St. Louis. I, 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 everything works in the text outside of the Big 12 is where it's at. Right. I, I think most of the people in the Big 12 know it's not where it's at, and that's why they're bolting. Yeah, it's, yeah. tell us in a couple of years if that's the Big 12 the is big, where it's yeah, at. Yeah, the Big 12 might not be around <laughs> to be where it's at. I've loved all of my sports my entire life, but the college realignment, NCAA, and cutting the athletes out of their fair share is getting old. I'm almost uh, only supporting Lindenwood and St. Louis University, I believe. Uh, no, got this uh, only... Uh, tournament and football playoffs at this point. Uh, all right, so there it is. I, it's just it's not it's not as overwhelming. But if I ask people, are you a fan of the Cardinals? I mean, my God, it's right. going to be nonstop. Are you a fan of the Blues? Right. Nonstop. See what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, it's different for everybody. You know, I think uh, Texas. And I'm not saying, and I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not mad about no, it. I'm, no, I'm I'm more trying to ga- gain an understanding of the mindset. Yeah. And again, it's a it's a biased survey because we're only taking people who are listening to this sure. nitwit hour <laughs> that we do. You know. But I think the texter had a great point about the family, like the family element or like that allegiance. If you went to a place like there's so much of that, like where it's like my grandfather went to the school, my dad went to the school, my mom went to the school. They met there, you know, it's and especially in the South, like that's so much part of the tradition of it all is like the family generational passed down thing. So if you don't have that, you're missing out on a big element of college football, which is the pageantry behind it all. And if you didn't go to a school with a power five 
college football team, I'm sure that college football isn't on your radar as much as it would be if you went to an SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, ACC school. More Mizzou talk, please. More attention means more fans. M-I-Z, that's from the 314. There are some things in the hardcore Missouri fan base that, that, that are truths in the bubble that are fallacies outside of the bubble, and that is one of the things where Mizzou fans get mad at the media for not talking about Mizzou. And I just got to tell you, I could talk about Missouri all day long on TMA and on Balloon Party and Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman could talk about it all day and yep. BK and Ferrario and the Fastlane could talk about it all day. It means nothing. Win games with a period on the back end of it. Picture what it was like when they had to play Arkansas or Texas A&M to get into the SEC championship game. And it didn't matter what people were talking about. That place was packed and the city was intrigued by it if they weren't consumed by it. At the very least, Missouri was playing for an SEC championship against Auburn and Alabama. And in 2007, when they played Kansas to be number one and to, to win the Big 12 championship, you win, it takes care of itself. The blaming of the media is a, is a horse crap excuse and that, and that's coming from a missouri fan so i feel like i can say it safely even though i'm sure it'll receive some hate all right it is uh 10 in st louis you are welcome to get involved in the discussion six five seven eight zero jackson poses this question cbs sports put out an article about the possible movement of shohei atani with the looming sale of the angels the article listed the cardinals as one possible destination for the two-way superstar. Would this move be something you would want the Cardinals to make an attempt for in the offseason? With as little as they spent at the deadline, do you think it is something they are capable of doing? What percentage do you put on it happening? Uh, I certainly would be interested in it. I think it is in the 2% category of happening. What do you think? Are you thinking it's more likely? I know you've sent me the link of the story, and yeah. now you've posed this question, so I feel like you think it's more live than I do. Well, I think that, and when I say, like, they spent so little, like, they spent, they got, they made some moves, they got rid of Harrison They, they Bader. spend trade trade currency, that's right, what you mean. Right, exactly. I, fo I follow that. Like, there's, like, a pack of guys that is their currency. Now, Tani's a free agent after next year, for right, the record. Right, right. So, and, and I don't know, I think the Cardinals, you know, they kind of have to think about what's next. Well, they, they have to think about from a starting rotation standpoint, unless Adam Wainwright has privately told them where they are. Man, Adam Wainwright could be the number one starter next year. Right, right. But and they really have tended to the rotation situation here. Definitely. But wouldn't it be wonderful if, if Wayno came back that he would be like the third or fourth best starter? Like how great would that? I mean, that would be, you'd be head over heels happy about it. So well, where are you on the on the Otani likelihood? I, I just don't see it. 5%? I, I don't see it because here's where I am on it. Unlike Soto, he is gone after next year, and I think he is gone after next I don't think Shohei Otani is playing in St. Louis. Right. I don't think Shohei Otani is choosing to sign in St. Louis. Right, and I hear that, and I completely understand that. I'm just more from like a Cardinals perspective, like what can they do to go make that happen? I don't, but it, so much of it is on him. Well, they can. They certainly have the trade currency, perhaps more than anybody, especially yeah. considering the Padres just used a lot of their currency to get Soto, and then they got another guy who you know plays half the games and— uh, they're certainly invested there, but but and I'm talking about Tatis for the record. But with regards to the Cardinals doing it, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I, I, if they, it would, it certainly would be entertaining as all get out. And I'm not saying I don't want it, but because he's a free agent after next year, and you'd have to spend trade currency, prospect currency, uh, for a player that I just don't think they would sign. Right. Yeah. That I just don't see it happening. Sure. And this could be one of my takes that is horribly <laughs> wrong, which is the question that Jackson has posed that I am looking forward to getting into in the next segment. After 20-plus years in the market, 
you are destined, and I noticed you didn't call it Hall of Fame years, and I was a little surprised by that. I didn't know if that was like something something happened in the email. It hit the cutting room floor. Oh, <laughs> just to, just because we have so much to get to. Right, a word count. Uh, after 20-plus years on the market, you are destined to have had a few takes that turned out to be incorrect or hashtag aged poorly. Can you remember some things that you were completely wrong on in your career or some things that completely shocked you that you didn't see coming. On the flip side, what are some takes that you were somewhat on an island on that turned out to be true? Furthermore, we have discussed that the move is to never admit you were wrong. No, you're talking about the Sports Talk Radio. This is in general, though. This isn't just Sports Talk Radio hosts. This is people on social media. Uh, And now they move like the facts around to still justify the opinion Uh, that was wrong. It's a fascinating deal to see. It's it's certainly a way to win office. Uh, on the flip side, uh, furthermore, we've discussed that the move is to never admit you were wrong or spin it in a way that lessens the blow of the take aged poorly. Why do you think that is a move so often used across media? I personally enjoy when someone owns up to their mistakes or incorrect takes. To me, it shows transparency and deepens the connection to the audience. Wow, look at you. That's what, a, what, a, what a sage at 24. Yeah. That's why you're the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. That's a credit to my mother, who is an incredible writer and taught me well. God bless. Uh, why do you think the other way is so in vogue? I, this is this is a three-hour podcast waiting <laughs> to happen with that. Yeah. I'll attempt to uh, narrow it down to two segments. So I'll ask, uh, and I also will ask the audience here. First off, um, p- plenty of things that uh, that I've been wrong about. Uh, your Mount Rushmore. Uh, go ahead. Uh, stopping using Propecia is really at the top of the list, but you'd really have to be in the weeds on that one. Uh, but secondarily, sports-wise, and then for you, any Cardinals, Rams, Blues, Missouri, SLU, Illinois, whatever, sports opinions that you had or predictions you had that, that totally blew up. And what were you on an island on? Mm-hmm. I'm asking the audience. I'm asking you. I'm asking myself, as Jackson has done, that end up being correct. We'll discuss that over the next uh, half hour here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. Action Jackson, question maker extraordinaire. Mm. And this one, uh, we're opening up to the people. Self-examination again, another self-examination. And uh, Jackson, and of course, uh, myself, Jackson's question. After 20-plus years in the market, you are destined to have had a few takes that turned out to be incorrect or aged poorly. Can you remember some things that you were completely wrong on in your career or some things that completely shocked you that you did not see coming? On the flip side, what are some takes that you were somewhat on an island on that turned out to be true? Furthermore, we have discussed that the move is to never admit you were wrong or spin it in a way that lessens the blow of the take aged poorly. Why do you think that that is a move so often used across media? I personally enjoy when someone owns up to their mistakes or incorrect takes. To me, it shows transparency and deepens the connection to the audience. Why do you think the other way is so in vogue? I'm dead serious. Now, we are going to go record my podcast after this, and I feel like this is more of a podcast question because I have so much on this, really on the second half of your question. Um, but I will go through the first one first. Uh, do you have any that stand out to you that you were really wrong? And I know you've only been on the air now for like a little less than two years with TMA and eight months here. Yeah, nothing I think like on the air, but I was really high on Conzo Martin in his first year. Okay. And it's because of how excellent he was as a recruiter in his first year. I mean, getting the number one overall player. And 
the team played really good. Like they were really strong defensively. It's tough to get players to get buy in defensively so early. So I was like, oh, they really buy into what he's saying. And they never developed an offense and never really got a player even half as good as Michael Porter Jr. again. So I was wrong. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the one that stands out to me that is at the top of the list is I didn't like or get the Colby Rasmus trade, which certainly not directly but it would the cardinals don't win the world series in 2011 without that trade yeah and i think i don't even know who would disagree with that that's just at this point even though i suppose it's subjective i feel like it is bordering on being objective and i was just confused by it and i didn't understand it and it turns out it winds up winning them a world series so i couldn't have been more wrong about that i don't know if i was screaming about it uh (laughs) but but i remember writing about it and talking about it on the radio and just couldn't be more confused by it and thought it was just a you know throw-in move for a team that was going nowhere and then three months later they win the world series that stands out to me uh one that uh from our discussion in the first half of the show on interest in college football and missouri football specifically i recall writing after the 2012 season and certainly discussing it on the radio uh, that I thought, and I wasn't saying it because I'm like screaming about, I don't like him. I'm just like, yeah, I think it's time that Missouri parts ways with Gary Pinkle. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. And at this point it's not going to happen. And I listed the record against, you know, the top teams and it just wasn't there. And then within a year of that, he's playing Auburn and a win away from playing for the national championship against Florida state. Mm Mm-hmm. So that didn't go real well. (laughs) Uh, I also recall the night Mike Anderson left to go to Arkansas saying that this is a great day for Missouri basketball. Mm. And that ushered in the Frank Haith era and the Kim Anderson era and the Conzo Martin era. And we're still in that era. Yeah. Yeah, well, I am, open up the floodgates. I am bullish on Dennis Gates. If we'd like to see if we can get some takes wrong here, um, and uh, we'll see if I'm. Uh, but yes, th- those. Now the thing is, I'm sure I'm missing some. Right. That I, but you, like I said, you've been doing this 20 years. You're not going to remember every take you ever got, unless you have a ledger of takes. No, I do not have a ledger of takes. But I, I specifically. I can't imagine I thought the Cardinals were going to do well in 2006. I remember I remember tuning into the Cardinals and Padres in LDS and going, man, this is the first, I think I said it to my wife, this is the first time I'm watching a Cardinal playoff game where I, I know they have no chance to win the World Series. And then three weeks later, they win the World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a clown show. It's a, <laughs> it's a clown show left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as things that I was right on, that I was on an island on I feel like I've probably got a few of those, but the one that to me is the most important, and I would hope that there's never anything that supersedes this in my career because you don't want it to happen again, but as much as you can know a franchise is moving four or five years out before they move, that's where me and Doug Vaughn on TMA were yeah. uh, the, the morning after, and, and I would imagine Jim Hayes, the cat, I don't think he was dissenting by any means, uh, that uh, we, we were listening to Stan Kroenke's Jeff Fisher press conference, and I remember playing that audio, and I said to Doug, what's your reaction? And he goes, well, the Rams are moving. That's January of 2012. They didn't move until January of 2016. Right. But it was so, quote-unquote, obvious and 
it, it, I, I realize this, this requires some semblance of, again, theme for the day, self-examination, but there were people who were really irritated that we would talk about the Rams moving as opposed to their games in 2012, 13, 14, and 15. But from my standpoint, if you have a franchise that is gearing up to leave, and it's an NFL franchise, and it's the second one in 30 years, which means it's over right. uh, for the city with right. an NFL franchise, because you know how it's going to play nationally. Oh, they can't support an NFL team, even though you know it's got really nothing to do with that. It's got the guy who can privately finance a building in Los Angeles, and he's one of the only ones who can do it, that it would be malpractice, as much malpractice as you can have in a, a job as unimportant as, as mine, sure. to not talk about it, even if it's not popular. Right. And we were on that, and we covered it as such. Oh, yeah. Um, and so from that standpoint, I'm... I'm I'm proud of it and and I never even like sat there and went oh people are not liking it. I'm like I don't ca- I don't care if you don't like it this is what's going on and whether right. you like it or not we're going to lose an NFL franchise in yeah. St. Louis. Some you can't ignore. Right. You can't ignore that. And you, you know a Todd Gurley good game can't distract you from the bigger picture. Todd Gurley getting drafted was yet another tell to me. <laughs> yeah, that was a big There's one. There's a guy who can't play this year but next year he will be. Oh, you mean when you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, yes. Coliseum. Uh all right, so let's see what the people What about you Jackson? Do you have any that you like to uh no, I was like, I, I had my head in the sand on the Rams thing because I just didn't want to believe it to be true. Uh, so that was actually a take went wrong <laughs> on that one, too. Um, but it was not because of any data I had. It's just I had emotion involved. And like you said, you never do business emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I was doing business emotionally. Nothing that I can see right now. Here's, I'll, here's a take that we'll see if it ages poorly. St. Louis's own Jason Tatum will have a better career than Luka Doncic. There it is. Wow. That's my take. He NBA'd us yep. right there. I thought we were going to have a big reveal. I moved up, and I, it was I, 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 fine. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, by definition, it counts. It's just not the one that I thought. Uh, Tim, just everyone in town said we should have traded Patty Maroon in 2019. That's from the 636. Mazalak didn't like the Erasmus trade. Larusa did. Food for thought. That's from Cottleville Chris from the 636. Uh, and then somebody else from the 618 following up on that one. That was the year Mazalak wanted to sell, but Larusa insisted they do something, maybe since it was his last year. Not sure when he told the front office. That's from the... 618. I believe they were going to have a press conference announcing that he was going to retire at the end of the year sometime in August. And then something happened. Dead serious about this. I assume people know this at this point. I'm sure some listening don't. Uh, that they were going to do that. And then something happened and it threw off the plan to do it. And so, and maybe it's when they got hot, actually. It would have made sense because at the end of August or toward the end of August, it didn't look like they had any shot of getting into the playoffs. Right. And so maybe they sat on that announcement while they got hot. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. I never Jan- knew that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I never knew that 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 was the plan. No idea. Oh yeah. No idea. That's that's good knowledge. In January '97, I was at a Billikens game on the day the Rams hired Dick Vermeil, and I found myself randomly in front of a News Channel Five mic answering if it was a good move. I said it would be a disastrous hire because he hadn't coached in 15 years. I still have it taped on VHS. Thanks. That's from Charlie, and he's streaming in Kansas City. That is, that's a great, I mean, that's love, a good example. That's, I mean, that's awesome that you have the video still. It is, it is. I, I wonder where people are on this. If you want to go to, you know, sliding doors moments in St. Louis sports history, uh, had Dick Vermeil remain Rams head coach, 
and had Tony LaRusso remained as Cardinal manager, and let's say they both do it for five years, and Vermeil certainly theoretically could, and hell, LaRusso's back now, albeit after a decade off. Um, do you believe the Rams win more Super Bowls? And do you believe the Cardinals win more World Series? And honestly, my answer is yes on both. And that's just what I think. Right. And, I, and I can tell you with regards to the Cardinals, that is absolutely the feeling from a number of people inside the organization. No. Uh, with regards to the Cardinals, that is absolutely the opinion on that. Um, I can't speak to what the Rams situation is. But here's the thing about the Rams is that Martz would have left to go be a head coach. I think they had offered him the job in Dallas. Um and so he was going to go, but Vermeil decided to to retire. It was an emotional move. He immediately regretted. Jim Thomas wrote about that, uh, and uh, Randy and Michelle talked with Dick Vermeil when they were up in Canton a few weeks ago, and he went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think that changes the the, the course of the history there for for both teams. I really do believe that. Uh, Tim, I absolutely agree with that. That's from the six three zero. Totally agree with that text. And TLR demanded relievers versus a fire sale, and DeWitt said, "Do it." This is why I give Mazalak no credit for the World Series. That is from the six three zero. When the Blues were in last place, I told my buddy people would be singing. Started from the bottom, now we're here in June. How about that, Jackson? From the three one four. I believe the Stanley Cup was on its way. I was at the game when Trent Green got hurt and turned to my sister and said, we better sign Jeff Hostetler. I'm glad we didn't. It's <laughs> from the 314. I like that people remember like all these things. because I My bad takes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. Now, the second question. God, it's 1050. Ah! No, no. Uh, the second question is, uh, furthermore, we have discussed that the move is to never admit you were wrong or spin it in a way that lessens the blow of the take aged poorly. Why do you think that is a move so often used across media? I personally enjoy when someone owns up to their mistakes or incorrect takes. To me, it shows transparency and deepens the connection with the audience. Why do you think the other way is so in vogue? I'll give the answer. I obviously won't be able to go to it in detail since we're wrapping up on the other side of the break, but I have a specific answer for cool. you. We'll do that next. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. If you miss anything, you can always podcast it via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers Podcast uh, on the 101 ESPN app. It's also on the TMASTL app. Download that app. You can uh, listen to our programs and the Tim McKernan Show podcast and all of the segments of TMA uh, on the TMASTL app. App. Uh, Action Jackson, the final question you asked is why do people not admit when their takes were wrong? Yeah. Like, why not just say, you know what? I was wrong. So on my podcast, and we're about to record an episode of that here in, no, probably 10 minutes, uh, I had Clay Travis in one time. Clay Travis at the time was m- known more as a an SEC sports talk host. Right. And that's how he built his name. And now he is hosting a, a show, and it's it's certainly more politics than it is sports. Mm-hmm. And we, I really, you know, we we had a good back and forth. This was in October or November of 2017, if memory serves. And I remember asking him some questions, and he was a little defensive. And he said, "I I, I subscribe to the uh, to what I recall Howard Stern saying, and that is." Never admit to your audience when you're wrong. And I thought to myself, man, as somebody who truly worships 
the Howard Stern show mm-hmm. and loves, you know, what I would consider to be what I think is honest broadcasting. I hate to hear that. Now, I don't recall him saying that, but I don't listen to all the shows right. on the air at the same time most of the time anyway. Um, and I thought, but I, but he said, Artie Lang said that Howard said that. So maybe Howard didn't say it on the radio. Gotcha. And Artie Lang used to be a co-host with Howard. And I thought to myself, God, that's surprising to me. And I, I actually agree with where you're coming from. Uh-huh. I find it more endearing when somebody says, hey, I screwed up. Right. You know, you can give me all the crap you want. I deserve it. I was wrong on this. Right. Um, I would probably be more involved in social media if I didn't want to have to deal with, well, that aged poorly. Right. Because you know, like right. if you knew, well, if you knew, then you'd be a billionaire and right. you wouldn't be bothering me on social media behind a burner account you just created to fill the void of professional and sexual failure. So I, I, I look at it and I go, uh, that's really disappointing if that's the case, but that certainly is the business model. Right, right. And I think about it and I was watching and why I did that. I was so disappointed in myself that I'm watching Dave Portnoy argue with Jason Whitlock. I'm going, what am I doing? I, there was a moment of awareness. This was going on last night. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't. Lucky, luckily. I, yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, hold on a second. What am I doing? What am I doing? Like, what an ass. Yeah. And they go, it's all theater. It's like like getting worked up that, you know, The Rock lost a stone cold. Yeah, it's, it's a rap beef. It, right. Yeah. But it's but it's 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 good for Jason Whitlock that Dave Portnoy's calling him out, and it's good for Dave Portnoy that Jason Whitlock's as so I recognize it for what it is. It's like a club. But then at the same time, I'm like, it's exhausting. I don't want to be a I, I don't want to be, I don't care if it made me millions of I'm dead serious. I know it might sound crazy. It's just not the priority. But the thing that confuses me is I'm surprised how people buy into it and then like have allegiances to essential performers who who clearly aren't being honest with you. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Like if you find it amusing, great. But if you like subscribe and believe to this the stuff that it's that's to me, it's like I hate to tell you, but wrestling is fake. That's what I'm observing. Yeah. That that's the part that confuses me. And then people will get actual information that they will live and die by from these places. And I'm like, it's theater. It's BS. It's a business model. It's a PL statement turned into social media performance. And you're believing that it's real. That's the part that confuses the hell out of me because nobody ever admits there's wrong because it's essentially a war. Anyway, I could go on forever, but it's 11 o'clock, so I got to go. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.